What is the outlook for economics today in America? Well, it depends on how old you are. Are you 100 years old? You may remember the Great Depression if you are. My grandparents were born in the 20s. Maybe you remember the Great Depression. Chances are you don't. But there's one man in America who's warning that it could be a Great Depression once more. And it's not something that we want in this country. If you know anything about history, you know the Great Depression led to incredible pain, suffering for the American people, and perhaps the worst economics in American history, arguably. However, is the elements and the various forces that are coming to bear on our economy right now and the ignorance and the stupidity of those in charge of our economy, the one thing that we all share together, being able to feed our children, to clothe our children, to have shelter over our heads, to afford food, that thing that we all have in common, no matter who we are, what our skin color is, or where we come from, that American dollar, is it going to be worth anything? And what would happen if there was another Great Depression? Joining us now, a man with extreme authority on this issue, Libertarian, presidential candidate, former congressman, and an absolute legend, Dr. Ron Paul. Thank you so much for being on the program. We were reading recently about you predicting that where we could be headed is not just a recession, but a Great Depression. Perhaps you could illuminate for our audience what you meant by that. Yes, and, and I think it isn't so much that we're predicting the future because people will talk about the, the inflation. Where did it come from? Blame Biden, blame Putin, blame somebody else, blame the oil companies. The thing of it is, from Austrian economic viewpoint, you know, it's already established. The inflation has already occurred and it's continuing. The inflation, to me and to an Austrian economist, will be the uh, massive increase of, uh, of the monetary unit, you know, the dollar. And they've been doing that. It really got out of control since 08 with the last recession when they went to QEs, massive increase in the, in the money supply. And also this was uh, related to, uh, you know, the massive increase in the debt. The debt went, uh, you know, from 20 trillion up to $30 trillion and uh, they, they didn't work for it. Uh, the country uh, just printed the money. So the fl inflation was there and it's just working its way out. And, and even though governments can prolong the agony, uh, cover it up and bail people out, ultimately the market always wins. The market is stronger. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing a contest between interference by government but the, actually the interference by government to try to take care of the inflation that had already been uh, covered uh, has been, uh, been had an effort has been made by uh, Biden and he's made it much worse because if you add on to it in an interruption in productivity and, uh, and, and, and an effort to produce, you can moderate prices. It doesn't do anything to the inflation. The inflation is out there, too much printing money, the value of the dollars is down, prices are, are going up. There's been a lot of investment, but there's a debt to be resolved. And that's uh, so much of it is just plain old malinvestment. Uh, people spend it, they wouldn't have spent it if there had not been easy money and low credit. One of the most serious distortion that we are dealing with now, and the reason why we know what is likely you know, to come is the fact that the most important pricing that you have to look at is the price of money, the interest rate. 
And that's that was total insanity. And most people are still recognizing the insanity because they took the interest rates because of, of what they didn't know what they were doing. And they thought they served their temporary interest and they had zero interest rates. Actually, they were lower than that because there was always a price inflation rate they had to deal with. So, yes, if you look at what has already happened, we're already uh, set the stage for it. And now we're recognizing it. And people, the politicians and the economists are all trying to reconcile this and try to take care of the inflation. Well, unfortunately, the people in Washington, including the Fed, have no interest in even talking about what is necessary. And that's where our real problem is. Do, do you think, Doctor, we could get to Volcker numbers on inflation and on the debt do you think with interest rates will potentially get to a 15 19 20 percent rate yes I, I i really do they don't have to because we're not going to do the right thing but yes and and if if they don't uh, change something like spending and uh printing money uh, it's going to get much worse because at the end stages of cycles like this and the destruction of money, uh, it, there is no control whatsoever. Uh, there's a lot of control when a country is very, very wealthy, own most of the gold, have the most powerful military conceivably, and also uh, manages the world reserve currency. You can do a lot. You can get away, away with a lot of economic activity you never would have been able to. But that's coming to an end. Our foreign policy is not doing so well. Our commitments overseas uh, to manage our empire is there. The military industrial complex is very, very powerful. So that is going to continue. And, and exactly how it would pan out uh, is never known. Uh, the timing is never known and exactly what happens because you don't know exactly what government will do. But even we don't know what the consumer is going to do. If they took all their money and put it in a shoebox, that's different than if they start spending it and buying anything they can get a hold of. That's generally what happens when they see the prices going up and the deterioration. They spend the money and they can't always find the best hedge, uh, you know, against uh, against the price inflation that's coming. So yes, it will end. There are certain rules. And one rule is if you run up a huge debt and if you monetize it, uh, you will have these distortions. And eventually the central banks and the politicians in the Congresses, they will lose control. And that's what we're, that's where we are right now. So big talk this year is there's an election coming up. Everything will be okay after the election. A lot of things could be improved after the election. There's no doubt. But are we going to get rid of the Fed? Are we going to still manage the monetary system as we are? Or are we going to have modern monetary theory? Are we going to bring our troops home? Are we going to live within our means? Are we going to balance? No, none of that's going to occur. Although if we had a little bit more, in, more, more sanity dealing with you know, our uh, energy industry, uh, you, you know, uh, th that would help a lot because that had added all the fuel. You didn't have inflation because of the regulations, but it caused prices to go up a long time, along with the prices going up because of the destruction of money. And uh, since you can't predict human action by individuals, uh, you can predict the direction it's going and what will happen if you don't do it. But uh, I, nobody knows what will bring tomorrow because tomorrow uh, might be completely different. Like even today, as we speak, 
there there was a flip around where gold gold moved thirty dollars in a minute. You know, and that's probably minor to what will happen when people really lose confidence. What does that look like? Explain for our audience, because I think this is, these are things that no one has seen in their lifetime. The last time a generation saw a Great Depression and the last time that a generation saw governments collapse and economic systems collapse and the systems around them just degrade uh, was 100 years ago plus. And so what would it look like today in modern society? Well, you, you can find out a couple of ways. Uh, one, people have to be interested in uh, sound economic policy, which means you have to reject, uh, you, you, you know, the uh, Keynesians and uh, paper money and not listen to that. But 90 percent or more in the Congress have all been taught the same economics. So so that's that's a losing cause. But people who are interested in what I understand, you have to look into sound economic policy, which means you have to research out Austrian economics and read about Mises and Hayek and Mary Rothbard because they can explain it. I got introduced to that in the early 60s, listened to their prediction of what would happen. And it didn't take too many years back then. We had the breakdown in 71 where the gold standard disappeared, you know, just out of the clear blue Sunday night. Nixon gets up there on a Sunday night in 71, August 15th, and said that wage and price controls were not going to honor our commitment to our dollar with, uh, with gold anymore. So it comes very, rather suddenly. So you have to understand economics. But the second thing is you can learn, you can learn from our history, uh, know about uh, the Great Depression, but know about the Depression of 1921, uh, which only lasted one year because the government didn't do anything. They just said, okay, you guys messed up. You have a lot of debt. It was all liquidated and things got better after a year, but we still maintain a bad policy. But if you want to learn more about what to expect, uh, you know, st study what happened in Zimbabwe and uh, Venezuela. There's lots of examples. Study what happened before our uh, revolution when we were using continental money. It, it went bust and uh, was runaway inflation. Look at what happened during the Civil War. They gave up on the gold standard and it took decades to get back to the gold standard. So there's a lot of examples, but I think the theoretical is important. I think the understanding of the morality behind this on why people do this, why there's a deep state that has control of the monetary system and the political system, and they're up to no good. They're up to a lot of evil things that they do. But the worst thing is that I see coming of all this will be the... Uh, divisiveness among our people because mm. some people are going to survive okay and they're not just because they're smart and nice people but the the deep state people will be retaining a lot of wealth and rich right now are getting wealthier as the poor get poorer the, the price of goods and services go up but that's a tax because we've already spent the money and printed the money so you have to pay for it one way or the other. So it's paid for by the currency being devalued. And that, that, is, that is very divisive. And that's why we have now people who announce, you know, I, I'm a, you know, a friend of Marxism. Here's the communist salute and all this stuff. You know, when I was in Congress and over the years, there were, there were socialists around. But, but they knew it was so far removed from what America was all about. Nobody ever says, you know, I'm a socialist now, you know, but now, now it's no, no big deal. They, they're there 
and uh, cultural Marxism is a real threat because of the confusion that has been brought about by a, a monetary and an economic system that was destined to do exactly what's happening. And the question you ask is the big one, how long is this going to last? Let's hope it lasts a little bit longer. Let's hope, you know, we do at least temporize, temporize the situation by people changing some of these regulations so people can produce, you know, and, and get the energy prices down. But that's all temporary. The issue is, are people who are in charge going to understand the principles of liberty? Because uh, I think all these problems, if there's a moral defense of liberty and the government gets out of our lives and out of our, off our wallet and just leave us alone, the recovery wouldn't be that bad. It's not likely to happen, but that's really the main goal I have is try to get people to understand what a free society would be all about. And if you do the right thing, it's not going to be that bad. It's a, it, we have an idea what happens if the government did a lot less real soon. And that is a 1921 depression, they called it, where the GDP went crashing down. But they didn't do what FDR and Hoover did during the set 20, during the 30s. And that is too much mischief, you know, trying to bail out everybody. That was a terrible situation. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you're often called this, but on our program, you're called a prophet. We remember your campaigns and your run. We I grew up in Iowa, and I remember you coming to Iowa and talking about this and talking about the Federal Reserve and speaking about the deep state and speaking about the monopoly on the permanent class in government. And you were so ahead of your time. It's got to be a wonderful ring in your ears to hear the coins going into the Ron Paul was right jar, because I know we all have them. And the Ron Paul was right jar is filled up to the very top. You have been right about these issues for a very long time. Now, a lot of people are awakening to them. Perhaps you can unpack a little bit when you say there that the deep state is in control of the monetary system and coordinating with the Fed. Can you explain that process for us? Well, Bill, the whole thing is uh, we don't know all the details because the one thing that I started as soon as I went into Congress was open up the books, <laughs> you know, audit the Fed. If, they know, if the people in this country know what really goes on in the banking industries and, and how that operates, where a secret group of people uh, devise you know, the monetary system, it's nothing more than fraud. It's, uh, it, it's illegal. It's counterfeit. And open up the books and show them, then they'll get rid of it. And it's going to self-destruct uh, anyway. So that, that, is, uh, that is important. But uh, it, it's not going to be very, very easy. All of it is tough because if you did everything that I would suggest we do tomorrow or the next day, it would be chaotic. It would be a revolution because you say, you mean we can't pass out any food stamps next week? Well, we need food stamps now more than ever. So that system is going to continue, but there's going to be an acceleration of the payment uh, because you can't get it for free and no such thing as a free lunch. And that is when the people will start to wake up. And that's what they're doing right now. They're waking up, but they do not cling to the answer that's available to him, to, to all of us, because it's, it's almost like it's unbelievable. You mean, we just have to do ABC and things are going to get better and it wouldn't cost us any money. There would be no income tax and there would be no Federal Reserve. The deep state would fade away because they, how can they regulate the Federal Reserve if you don't have one? So you have to do that. But the founders set us on a course 
that was very, very much in the right direction. But unfortunately, even early on, especially in the last hundred years, there's been a deliberate and a purposeful effort to just undermine the whole principles that brought the country to greatness. And that is where, where the, the real problem is. And uh, the, the hundred years or so, more than a hundred years now, uh, the progressive, progressive era you know, introduced the idea of the Federal Reserve, the income tax, deficits financing, Keynesianism, and one of the worst things was the interventionism overseas, this idea that we are obligated, we have a moral obligation to take care of everybody around the world. So we have the obligation to not only manage the reserve currency of the world, we have to manage the whole world. And believe me, there's a lot more people resentful of that. And I remember uh, you know, very clearly how the Second World War uh, ended and uh, things were things were great, and America was great. America, you know, came to its rescue, and they were still, you know, had a had a good message. But you know, it's been really downhill, not only since World War II, but actually for the whole last century when the progressives got control of the educational system. That's what's that is what's necessary, and that's why I talked already about education and why the Mises Institute is so important because you can get. You can get the information that that you need. That is really what is necessary. But the universities have been detrimental, and yet I was very optimistic, and still to a degree optimistic about the computer age and the internet, uh, because we make use of the internet. Our programs on internet, but I tell you what, uh, right now social media is there in deep partnership with the government. So they serve as an arm of the government. All you have to do is look at the things that we had to put up with these last couple of years over COVID. And uh, it was all accomplished with this collusion of big corporations, especially in the banking system, especially in social media and then government. And, uh, and there's, there, there's not 10 people that meet in a room every, uh, every weekend and decide the future. The deep state are people who have a lot of power and cloud, and they're in places where they can influence elections and uh, just about everything there is. But they have a control of the media. So you have a scenario. The media supports the wars. The media supports the Congress when, when they're doing the bad things. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big problem. But I tell you what, the solution is not that difficult. And it's so wonderful to live in a society which I had glimpse of uh, because I was, I was born in 1934, 1935. And uh, I remember the talk very well, uh, you know, of the depression uh, because the depression really lasted through World War II. Uh, and then thing, things were tough. And uh, this... Uh, uh, but there was a lot of conversation about the, the depression. And uh, this, this is something that we have to deal with if we want to see the change. And, you know, we have this reset motion. Oh, it's going to reset and everything's going to move, improve and, and, and all this sort of thing. But, but the whole thing is, it all depends on the, your optimism and your determination to defend uh, liberty. Because that's where the answer is. It isn't found in an answer to getting rid of the deep state and then allowing somebody else to play the role of the deep state. You got to change the whole attitude about the role of government. That's why the, 
the Re American Revolution was so great. They, they had an image here of what government should be. And there's some great stuff in, in, their, uh, in their writings and what they wanted to do. I was reading some more about this not too long ago. And I found out that most, uh, uh, most of the founders, at least in the beginning of their lives, they were educated at home. They had homeschooling and they didn't, and there was no government uh, schools. And there were, uh, there was universities, of course, but they weren't uh, totally controlled by contracts and by donations and, and, uh, and uh, the money coming from the federal government. But, uh, but the, the uh, whole, whole issue is refuting the ideas that it looks like it's Santa Claus is a great person if you, if they, right now, the whole thing, and it's been around for a long time, prices are going up and if people can't pay their bills. Today, I read, well, the phone, phone AT&T is going to have big trouble because people aren't paying their bills. And the, the answer is always, I need more money. And that's what happened at the beginning of COVID. And it has continued. The people need more money. That's why some of them didn't even have to go to work. More money. We, we have to have more money. And that's what the, that's where the problem all came from was the distortion of money, the debt that they ran up, the distortion of interest rate, and the payment being carried out by taxing the middle class and destroying the middle class, and including this conflict conflict between the haves and the haves not. So it's a big problem, but I think the answers are not difficult to come up with. And there's every reason to believe that if we do the right thing, we'll be concentrating on promoting the cause of liberty. You've talked a great deal about Keynesian economics and our education system and our government schools. Should we do away with and abolish the Department of Education? Oh, yeah. I, I was there uh, in the 70s when I think it was under uh, uh, Jimmy Carter, uh, when the department was set up, of course, there was a lot of educational involvement in the federal, by the federal government, but the department was set up just to make uh, a greater emphasis on it. No, we don't need, uh, we, we don't need the Department of Education. And, and I, I believe, you know, we more or less still believe, even though it's not as good as it could be, a separation of church and state. And uh, no, the, uh, that was not good. And, and that's, uh, that's one thing that uh, we have uh, tried to honor. But I, I believe in the separation of school and state, education and state. The federal government should have nothing to do with education. And yet they're in total control of it. You know, even today I hear stories, people, people in, uh, have, uh, in the school districts, in some places they've been given more authority that, well, we'll leave it up to the school board and uh, this, this, the local schools, and they're still wearing masks. And uh, but that's a reflection of the education, not the fact that local people made up their own mind, but it, it's a terrible situation. But what we really have set up though, is the federal government didn't come and do all those evil things on, on lockdown. They had corporations do it. They put, they had the, so much political and economic power, they could force the companies to do it. So the idea of corporatism being a strong arm for the federal government is one really bad situation besides corporatism inevitably and is already marching in that direction to set up the stage for uh, fascism. Hmm. And fascism would be brought upon us by a permanent 
class of political rulers. Is it correct, the assessment that the deep state is essentially the permanent state, the permanent class of rulers who stay in Washington, D.C., that are outside of the bounds of the Constitution and outside of the bounds of democracy? And that would be your functional definition of the deep state, taking off from your comments earlier. Well, uh, there's a lot of those people that you're talking about. This smaller group of people is like a George Soros and others that uh, they they can dictate by controlling elections, even at all levels of government. So it's very, very much uh, involved. But uh, they uh, they're not. If, if, you, if, if you give up and say they're the permanent thing that's going to happen no matter what you do, then we're in trouble because we have to get rid of them. But if you remove the motivation, you know, I went, went there. I knew exactly why I was going. I didn't really expect to ever be elected. And uh, I said, I'm just going to take, take my oath seriously. And they, somebody said, yeah, but, you know, the lobbyists will be there and they're going to raise money for you and all this stuff. But you know what? It, it turned out they never bothered me. I, I never had to talk to them. They didn't even knock on my door because, <laughs> because I set the, my rules, uh, you know, the first day I was there. So, <laughs> no, so, the, if, so, so these people who might want to hang around, if the people, if you have the right kind of people, and it really, uh, you, you know, the founder said, you know, we, we're giving you a Republican, Benjamin Franklin said, if we're giving you a Republican uh, if you can keep it. And it's up to the morality of the people on whether or not this works. Right now, we have a bankruptcy. We have the financial bankruptcy we still frequently talk about, and people sort of visualize that. But we have a moral bankruptcy, and we witness that all the time on exactly what's going on. And that, and the, line, the dividing line there is very, very sharp and a very, very important fight to go on because uh, the type of government one has has to reflect a moral standard and there has to be a recognition of a higher law. But we're in a situation now where the enemy are nihilists. They say, why do that? You know, you don't, you can't figure that there is no such thing as truth. It's uh, power is what it is and money. But uh, the nihilists, they, they don't care. About How many people do you think uh, is, have this political power that causes us to go to war, kill millions of people and say, oh, we've made a mistake? No, they never, they never apologize and say, I really uh, screwed up and I feel guilty about it because they, they, they don't believe it. They believe uh, that there is no a uh, thing called, uh, you know, truth, and that there was a better answer. So uh, with that, that we're going to have the immorality having this tremendous influence on our government. Let's say that the nihilists lose. Let's say that the deep state loses and a constitutionalist gets elected president in 2024. They hand you the keys to Fort Knox. They say, Ron Paul, you were right. We should audit the Fed. And you went into Fort Knox. Do you think there'd be any gold there? You took the crowbar to the vaults. Do you think there'd be any gold? Yeah, I think the gold's going to be there, but there's a good chance that it's been designated to other ownership. I hmm. wouldn't trust on it because that's why I've always introduced the uh, idea that uh, not only do we want to see it, we want to see it passed out to the people too, sold to the people, let the people have it. If you're going to have a gold standard, the gold should be in circulation, which is not there. So, so I, I doubt very much if that, gold is available. Uh, nobody knows who 
ownership. You know, we've held a lot of gold for other people, but it, it, and some of them have asked for it back and it's been very irregular when they get any of their, their gold back. And uh, this is the case around the, around the world. People are resorting. It's sort of interesting that, uh, you know, when I asked Bernanke, whether or not gold was money, oh no, it's not money. But but guess what? In some of the countries that now have a few type of policies of a little bit more capitalistic than our country, and that just happens to be the former Soviet Union, you know, Russia. Russia might come up with it. They, it seems like they're not bashful about gold, you know. And even China talks about buying gold. So it's sort of be ironic. Uh, but that even that won't work unless you have the idea that uh, the money has to be sound. You cannot turn the monopoly control of the monetary system over to government. And that is why I always had a built in that uh, legalized competition in currency. If you have one more question, we can go with that, but uh, mm -hmm. time is running out for me. Yes, yes. Uh, and we appreciate, we appreciate very much your time. Uh, my family invested with Birch Gold for the first time this year. We highly recommend it. It is so secure to have actual physical assets, actual physical gold with real value in your bank account. It is a level of security for our investment that I sleep very nicely at night knowing that it is sound and it is secure and that it is in something that has value. I can hold it in my hand. The American government got off this standard and you believe that that is when the crisis truly began. Right. And uh, it, it, it didn't cause it. It was a consequence of us, uh, you know, getting, uh, you, you know, we were off base all through uh, the time leading up and the, and the depression and all which brought us 1971. 1971 wasn't the cause, it was the result of us spending beyond our means and abusing the privileges of having the, the reserve currency of the world. And the unit of account, and I never even use that term today, but I use it all the time. The solution really comes when you can define the unit of account. You have to have a definition. You have to have a definition for telling the truth. You have to have a definition for the unit of account. But we have no definition. And uh, they, uh, they, they admit it. I pressed the Federal Reserve Board chairman. I said, well, I have a Federal Reserve notice as a promise to pay. Well, what would you give me if I give you this? I said, we'll give you another Federal Reserve note. You know, you have to have a unit of account. And I do appreciate you mentioning uh, Birch Gold because they have, they, they have been helpful and people at Birch Gold can help people who are interested, you know, in investing in gold because it's not so simple that you walk into a shop and you pick up a coin uh, because of tax laws and everything else uh, and people's finances vary. So uh, this is uh, uh, th this is very important, and uh, I have been pleased to work with Birch Gold. Yeah, it was, it was incredible getting the opportunity to work with it because they, they sponsor the show, but very often you get sponsors and you don't actually use the product. My wife and I decided to actually invest in gold, and it was shipped to us. We are able to go at any time and hold it in our hand, and they were just a breeze to work with. It was done very quickly, and it's just wonderful to have that level of security. Maybe the federal government can learn from individual investors like you and I, you know, we can pray, I suppose. Yeah. And that's what would happen if you had a free society, <laughs> you yeah. know, and we emphasize personal liberty and making up their minds and making so many of the decisions rather than the deep states and the bureaucrats and all the others, uh, 
that they get involved in controlling our lives. And the example that we saw these last two years in COVID, that's a pretty good hit. You were asking, what will it be like? Well, it was pretty bad and it's still pretty bad because uh, we don't have a whole lot of respect for uh, civil liberties. Uh, I get annoyed all the time when I think of what they do to the journalists, especially look at how the, our governments, Republicans and Democrats have gone out of the way uh, to punish Assange. Yes, truly. Well, okay. So if, if you're hearing, if you're listening, and we know a lot of people watch this program, if you're watching Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or Rand Paul, I hear you know this guy, if you run for president in 2024 and you win, please let Ron Paul audit the Fed. Please, for the love of God, <laughs> let Ron Paul audit the Fed, give him the crowbar and let him go through those vaults. Very good. Make our country a better place. Thank you so much, doctor, for joining the program. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Take care. All right.